0: Welcome to the big topic in Women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also my other podcast, Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast. I did not do one this week. I just wanted to mention before I get uh, started uh, on our usual stuff here, I did post uh, yesterday a uh, match from Tuesday's NXT with. Sare versus, uh, what are they calling her? Ray, uh, Zeta Rainier. <laughs> I love the name. You know what they do, Sean? They put these, uh, they, they use a name generator to name some mm-hmm. of these wrestlers. Eh? So, mm-hmm. I mean, her real name is Angela Arnold. <laughs> so they just put in like a, ra- a random name,
1: a, a, a computer that genera- comes with generated names they do that sometimes like where else would they get a name like that you know i mean now that now that
0: you mentioned it, i just thought they had like (laughs) hired a person to do it to be honest yeah but but they do that sometimes i mean this girl like i said this that's the girl's real name angela arnold okay but anyway uh, um so if you're into those who are interested in seeing Sare. Who is uh, now? They did. That's not from a name generator. That's similar to the name she It's actually her real name, Sari, S-A-R-I, but this is spelled S-A-R-R-A-Y, and it's a short match. It's like a glorified squash. But uh, Sari is looking good so far. Um, I posted the video on my blog. Okay, let's get to uh, first of all last Saturday's UFC show. So, first of all, we had. Um, Luana Pinero win by DQ over uh, Randa Marcos because of a, um, an illegal upkick. So the way this fight was going, all right, I thought I was pretty sure Luana was going to win. All right. But then, uh, you know, they're scrambling on the ground and Randa hit her with this upkick. And though there was kind of a delayed reaction, she was unable to continue the doctor checked on her and everything like that. And so the ref, Mark Smith had no choice, but to uh, DQ Randa. Um, the, so, so I've been asked why this move is uh, illegal. And the only answer I could come up with is that a few years ago when, uh, you know, they changed the rules for, uh, knees to a down fighter they forgot to change this one okay so it probably should be changed okay and um you know uh, it's an unfortunate thing there was also during this fight there was what two eye pokes and and yes. mark smith, and smith kept warning luana about keeping her fingers in right because she seems to have a bit of a problem with that but she actually looks like a pretty good fighter um it's just a uh, it's unfortunate uh, what happened so um anything else to say about this
1: uh the only thing i would say is is i know randa's complaining a lot about it and I, I get her point to a certain degree one i get i get maybe the rule wasn't necessarily done the best i understand the ref wasn't doing the best of his job but uh and and anything could happen in the fight but the fact of the matter is the biggest issue in this fight was the fact that Random Marcus is the same fighter she's always been. If, if you notice in the fight, she didn't really ever change her strategy. Pretty much what she always does, she gets hit, she gets caught, she gets taken down, she scrambles out, and and when she gets back to her feet, she just becomes more aggressive. You don't really see a technical adjustment, no kind of setup, no kind of combination, no level change. It's just more aggression. And against this opponent who was younger, um, probably a better athlete at this stage, and, and looked like she had some better as far as a grappler.
0: Yeah, Rand- she... Her, her, base is, her base is judo, so she's her judo is really good.
1: Yeah, she just she took advantage of all the mis- – Randa made a lot of mistakes in the fight, and she took advantage of every single one of them. And previously, Randa used to at least win some, lose some. Now she's getting to the point where she can't buy a win because there's no technical progression. And I know she's with a new camp, but that's something she should have tried like three to four years ago. Now she's on the, the far side of her athleticism, and she can't make the, diff- the lack of skill and the mistakes she makes anymore with just pure athleticism. And she's getting routinely exposed now. And um, I kind of feel bad because I I consider her an underteacher And her aggression and her kind of will, she should have been a much better fighter than she's ended up being in, in the past
0: five to seven years of her career. Just a couple of things about the finish. Uh, Mark Smith did not really have a choice. He had to call it a DQ. He's not allowed to call it no contest. Okay? If she appeals to the Nevada State Athletic Commission – they could rule it a no contest if they wanted to, okay. And I, I actually. Left out th- of that. Sorry. So I don't know the likelihood of that happening. Well, it could happen. I, I think she should appeal it, and I'll tell you why. Because that'll get the rule changed. Yeah, but that doesn't really help her. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. It. it it might be turned into a no contest. I don't know. The ref can't rule that. Yeah. Okay. He can't rule that. So not his fault uh, Lu- right, Luana, so he- one last thing Lu- Luana looks good I, I she
1: didn't look great but against a, guy, a girl who's usually fairly tough to to look good against completely from beginning to end Luana looks pretty good from beginning to end it didn't Randa was a half step behind her the, the entire fight and she beat her in every every area
0: the other thing I wanted to mention is her complaints the guy I really blame for her compa- complaints are is Paul Felder okay? Who immediately said that he thought that Luana was faking, okay? And Michael Bisping, to his credit, really smacked him down for that. And then they showed the replay, and he said, "Well, I guess not." <laughs> but yeah, you know, this is why she's complaining because Felder's reaction was absurd—the wor- one of the worst. I,
1: I expect that from fighters. I mean, that's part of the reason why you don't necessarily need the fighters as judges because fighters have personal experiences that sometimes can make them a little uh, biased. And I'm sure Feldrick has been in a fight before, or had a teammate who's been in a fight where a guy, they feel a guy took a dive. And so he's just speaking out because that that's, that's what Bisping's been away from it, far enough away from it where he's he's more objective now. He's he's not so close to being a fighter that he can't look outside of himself now. Like if this was been Bisping, right, right after he retired, he might've said something like that before because Bisping's known to shoot his mouth off too. But he's further mm-hmm. out. He's, done, he's got more experience. He's a little bit more calmer about it. But yeah, Felder almost comments. And I'm surprised if that fighter won't make a complaint against them because she's catching a lot of grief because
0: of it. It's purely because of what he said. Yeah. Uh, it, that's not what happened anyway. But uh, anyways, uh, it, it, should that move be illegal? I don't think so. And that's one of the reasons I'd like to see her appeal because that'll get the rule changed most likely. And so let's go on to the next one. Uh, Luana Carolina beat uh, Poliana Botelho by split decision. And these are both Brazilian fighters. Uh, Poliana, considering that she trains at um, uh, Nova União, is an underachiever, like a major underachiever. Um, I didn't like the fight at all. Uh, like it was a split decision. I'll tell you how I scored it, and I do this for a reason. I want to show how mediocre the fight really was, okay? I scored it a draw, okay? I scored round one for um, Poliana. I scored round two, a 9-9 draw, because neither of them did anything. They were both awful, and I scored round three for Luenanna, so I thought it was a draw, but I know judges do not score tie rounds, so Two of the judges scored round two for Luana and the other one scored it uh, for Poliano. So it was a terrible fight. It, it just, neither of them really did much of anything. Right, they're both lower card fighters at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it just wasn't much to write home about the fight. I'm, I fighter showed a lot as far as skill strategy or, or really standout athleticism. Like watching this fight, the only thing that became clear is these fighters probably will never Get to a point where they can contend for a title, or even be considered considered elite in the division. They're basically uh, holding holding a position, basically going to be holding a position. For they're in their prime, and when they start slipping, they'll just be uh, a, bu- a building block for some somebody to build their name off of. Uh, I'm not trying to down them. I'm not saying they're terrible. I'm not saying. I'm just saying they're clearly not world class, elite level talent. And I don't. I'm not even sure they're quite UFC level talent at this stage.
0: Well, Poliana's been in uh, UFC for quite a while now. And uh, she be better than she. Uh, she's just, uh, you know, she's not she's not good enough. And I don't know, uh, uh, you know, she's in a good she's in a good camp. So I don't know what the problem is with her. her well, certain, I mean, a
1: camp a camp can only figure so much. At a certain point, it, um, a lot of boxing trainers will tell you you can have a very good coach, but at a certain point, the coaching can't get you past the lack of athleticism or lack of natural. I don't know that she's an outstanding talent as a fighter. So when you're not an outstanding talent, even if you have the best coaching and you listen to it hands down, you're still going to make mistakes. There's still going to be stuff missed, And as a result, any mistake you make is compounded because you don't have the talent to turn it right back around. You don't have the talent, you don't have the IQ, you don't have the physical ability. She doesn't have any of that. She's a good, competent fighter and she may have just reached the full limit of her abilities. I mean, you put her in there with somebody elite, what happens to her?
0: Yeah. Okay, the third fight was Loma Luke over Sam Hughes by unanimous decision. And of course, Loma is a girl from Thailand. Her father was a fighter. And she trains at his gym. Uh, she's a Thai fighter. She also trains a Tiger Muay uh, Thai, George Hickman. Um, Sam Hughes, we saw in December, she came in on short. Washington, um, she made a huge mistake in this fight. And that is clinching with Loma. Why in the hell would she go out there and get into a clinch with Loma? Makes absolutely no sense to me. And she lost the first two rounds basically for that reason. She came back a bit in the third round. But I think that was mostly because Loma was tired. But um, uh, well, I mean, she just up she that's just how they fought develop. an awful fight that's how they
1: develop her and the regional level the athletic level of talent and the physicality is so much lower than at a higher level it builds a false sense of security in the camp false sense of security in the fighter because on the regional level sam hughes is a bully you've seen her fight she's overwhelmed people yes. she's walked them down she's broken them down she comes to the she comes to the ufc and they put her in right against against tisha torres who's one of the more physically gifted stronger fighters and she gets bullied. She gets taken out. She gets backed up. She gets stopped by a fighter who never stops anybody. And then they put her in against Loma, who maybe doesn't have a wrestling background, but is so excellent in the clinch and has such a good uh, understanding of distance and range and timing. And and Sam herself, a her single or double leg shooting type fighter, she gets into body locks, under hooks, takes you down. That That's her strength. She pushes you up in the cage, grinds you down. She ties you up and gets these hooks in or, or body locks and takes you down. Well, what good is that against a, a, an elite-level Muay Thai person who's excellent in the clinch in creating space and framing and punishing shots and building off momentum off her initial shots of the body? She basically just went right into her wheelhouse, but the fact of the matter is that's all Sam Hughes knows how to do. I spoke about this before. Her team based her skills off of an athletic advantage she no longer has. She doesn't have a jab. She doesn't know how to work her way into range. She doesn't throw clean body-head combinations or kick-punch combinations. All she does is throw a basic couple shots, and barrel into the clinch and i'm guessing she thought well i'm a wrestler i can just physically bully her but she's not physically dynamic enough to and then even in the rest in the clinches she's not a skilled enough wrestler to do that now maybe if she was an elite wrestler like a high level college wrestler or maybe some kind of high level amateur maybe but at the level she's at she can't she can't maintain control she can't maintain position and she just got picked apart and beat up and the only thing that saved her is is she was able to put such a grinding pace on the loma kind of tire but finish to win it wasn't going to be enough just to win around she's going to need a finish
0: uh loma looked a little more physically uh, stronger than we've seen her in the past it makes me think that she's been uh, spending more time in the weight room recently because she she must have hickman must be telling her this like okay look you're okay now but if we're going to compete with straw weights higher up you need to be stronger Okay. Yeah, uh, and, and, and I think, you know, I mean, Hickman is a good coach. We all know this. And so that's the type of thing I would expect from a guy like that. When he's telling her, look, we need to have you be stronger. So get in the weight room, lift more weights. And Is it me or did her legs look sick as usual?
1: It looks a little bit bigger. And if that's what he did, you know, that's really good because people always think it's a matter of skill and strategy. There's other stuff. If, if you have an outstanding cardio issue, you lack a little bit of size, you lack a little Physical strength, horsepower, and that's your style of fight made as well. Um, and, and, it, and if that was the case, it made a big difference against Sam Hughes. Once again, Hughes made it. it made very Hughes made it easy because she and we talked about this when she first lost. I'm like, she has no layers. She needs to add layers. I said, take six to eight months off and start developing layers to your game. She decided to take two months off and take another fight. Uh, I, I don't think her team's doing a very good job handling her, to be quite honest.
0: And well, we just have to see how Loma does. I mean, we saw her one fight against the Angela Hill, and she got beat.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't. uh, You think she can pick up the? Do you think she she can make up the difference, or is it just a matter of getting just strong enough so where she's not completely bowled over?
0: I don't know, man. we we're going to find out because it's coming to a point where uh, they have to start moving her up. You know, they have no choice. But I. I would rather they start an weight division if they're going to do that with her. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to do it. Okay. Now, we have tonight uh, a PFL show, which is going to have uh, five fights from uh, the lightweight tournament that they're running, which is kind of a round-robin tournament, point values and stuff like that. Okay. So this show, uh, it's uh, airing in the U.S. on ESPN+. Plus. And in Canada, on TSN, and that's starting at 9 p.m. Now, uh, there are prelims, which will start at 5.30 this afternoon. Uh, In Canada, they're running them on TSN Go, and I just don't think I can watch them on there because it's too much of a hassle to get in there. And uh, uh, we're only going to talk about the two fights that are on the main card because by the time I get this posted on my blog, uh, the prelims will be done. Okay, so the main fight we're going to talk about here is Kayla Harrison versus Mariana Moraes. Okay, so we all know who Kayla Harrison is and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I don't have to say enough about her. She, she She's coming back to this for one more low-hanging fruit of a million bucks, I guess, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so so her opponent here, uh, Mariana Moraes... Uh, is another fighter who she's obviously not a lightweight. She's fought everywhere from uh, flyweight to lightweight. She's fought at four different, like four like three different weight classes so it's like four actually. She's fought at bantamweight, and, uh, featherweight, and everything. And uh, she is a uh, PRVT fighter, so obviously she's a teammate of Jessica Andrade and also is coached by Gay- Gaylor Pirana. And you know, I, I obviously don't see. Uh, Kayla losing this fight because I don't think this fight is good enough. Uh, but uh, I mean, one never knows, but again, there's going to be a size difference because Kayla is a natural, uh, lightweight and this girl's smaller than that. You got any thoughts on this uh, fight, Swan? Uh, when I
1: see a fighter move through weight classes, my concern gets that it's not a matter of them be- being too big for a weight class. It's a matter of them sometimes lacking to just dis- stay in a weight class, and they just figure I'll just move back up. Mostly because at uh, the higher weight classes, the, the, the talent level so thin that you can move up, and even if you're a, fair, you could probably put two, three, four fights wins together and get yourself into a position where you can get to a. Uh,
0: well, a, a, oh, a, let, let, a, let me stuff. let me just say that that her record is sixteen and ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's clearly not a great fighter. I don't, I don't think she has the size and athleticism to make this competitive. I mean, anything. I don't think Kayla's a fully formed fighter, and I still don't think Kayla has shown any sort of grit as far as if she, if she hasn't been. So um, anything could happen, but and who's fought the better opposition? I, I'm gonna assume Kayla Harrison has, and Kayla Harrison is a better athlete, um, maybe not a more experienced fighter, but. She comes from a better camp, clearly a better camp, better athlete, and has a sk- one area of skill set that she can force on anybody who doesn't have the footwork and, a, and a, a certain caliber of striking, which I don't know that this girl does. I don't think that she does.
0: Uh, just uh, wanted to mention, so in case fans don't know, is that uh, Kayla trains at ATT uh, with Mike Brown. Okay. I, I, my big problem with Kayla is, uh, you know, he needs to train get her under control sometimes and because i think she kind of loses it gets too frustrated and he, he's trying to hold her he's trying to keep her from doing that and i don't think he's very successful okay now it's not going to cost her in this fight but down the road in this tournament we have some people who could beat her okay but we'll, we'll get to that and, and, and that gets to me to this other fight uh that's uh, that's on the main card of this show uh, the fight is Larissa Pacheco versus Ulya uh, uh, Peto or something like that. She's from Croatia. I'll talk about her in a second. Larissa Pacheco was in the 2019 tournament, PFL tournament. She lost twice to Kayla Harrison. If I remember correctly, she got into the finals because of injury. Somebody else got injured. and So that's how she got into the final. She's also been in the UFC. Okay. She's not very good, and she's also a banker. okay? This Ulia is from Croatia, so her, she, she's pretty inexperienced. She's 3-0, but the most notable thing about her is she's six feet tall, so she's a bigot, okay? And uh, I sent you a video. It's the only video I have of her fighting where she's uh, actually beating up on this poor guy you know, I don't know if you watched the video, but I could only watch it for a couple of minutes because it was awful. And uh, she said in an interview that she always wanted to beat up a guy. That's why she did it. But she's a big girl and she's in shape. I guess we'll find out what she's like tonight because obviously I haven't seen her.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I would like to see Pacheco. We already know who Pacheco is. I don't know that she has any chance to win the tournament or really to be any any fighter. or No, she's, we've probably seen the best, Best and the worst of her. Um, her opponent looks like she she has some athleticism. Looks like she has some size. But once again, when you're fighting at a certain level, you're facing women who are so much less athletic and less durable, especially at this weight class. That it's it's not a big thing to say you won three fights in a row or five fights in a row. You're you're really fighting people who are just incapable of really uh, providing any sort of obstacle for you. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's a she's an unknown quantity. Okay, I, I, will, which, I would. i like to see some blood win, but it looks like. I mean, Pacheco can't afford to lose this kind of fight. I mean, I don't. I, I don't.
0: I just. Pacheco I got news should win. for it. Swan, Swan, she's yeah. gonna lose this fight. This girl is so much bigger than her. Okay, if you saw the picture at the weigh-in yesterday, she's like six feet tall, and and, and Larissa is like five foot six. So it's a pretty significant size difference. I, I agree. I
1: would agree with that. And I, you know what? You're probably right because Pacheco isn't very good, but it's like at some point you have to have a certain level of fight, ability to fight. And if nothing else, she's been tested. She's been put in bad. So I she's won the fight or not, she's done enough to survive and work her way through. And, and I don't know anything about this girl. So is it likely to no, be Pacheco? I, is it likely to be Pacheco? I,
0: yes. But- I just saw her in the one video and it really didn't tell me anything because I'd rather see her in a competitor fight than what I saw there. And it just didn't tell me anything. But we're going to find out. Like I said, that's tonight at 9 p.m. on ESPN Plus and uh, TSN. Yeah. Now, there, now, one, one more one thing. The, one more thing. Yeah. The worst thing about this
1: is if she beats Pacheco, it's really not going to tell us a lot because Pacheco's not really good. The only way we really learn about a lot about this girl is essentially if she loses. Because she beats Pacheco, we know how that's going to go. We, it's going to be because of the size. If she loses, it's because of the gap in skill. So we don't really know anything in, unless she actually either gets pushed to the brink of losing or actually outright loses to Pacheco. We won't find anything new about this girl. We
0: won't have anything to go off of. I do want to point out that uh, Clarissa, uh, boxer Clarissa Shields will make her debut in this tournament and also in MMA on June 11th case okay, so if you're wondering where she's at okay the three the three prelim fights i mean one of them we're familiar with the fighters it's uh cindy Dandois and caitlin young so we know what to expect from them and uh, we have earlier on uh this fighter helena koselleck who's this um uh where's she from the ukraine one of the worst fighters i've ever seen in that the god she was awful and and we knew she was off before she ever showed up there. She's just a terrible fighter, one of the worst I've ever seen. So uh, I'm not that interested in the prelims. I'm only interested in the two uh, main card fights. Anyway, you have any comments about that?
1: Uh, I mean, no. Until they get past the first round, I really, really don't have too much to say about them either one of them. We okay. we know what they are. We
0: knew all what they're about. So yeah, it it's just it's just idiotic this whole tournament that they're doing anyway uh saturday's ufc show so the original main event of this show was supposed to be Corey Sandhagen versus uh tj dillashaw and dillashaw had to pull out because he suffered a cut during training so they had to find the replacement main event and what we've got is marina rodriguez versus um michelle waterson and um, so there's a couple of interesting things about this fight. First of all, this fight was originally supposed to happen in July, okay? So they come to them at short notice, and the main thing we, that we saw here, the reason there was a delay in announcing the fight is they had to sign Marina to a new contract, okay? So that's, mm-hmm. one, th- that's one thing about this fight. The second thing about this fight is you've got strawweights fighting at weights so that's an interesting thing I want to talk about it in a second. Now, we all know who Michelle Watterson is. She's really an weight. She says she's a strawweight, but she's not. She's an weight. And so I don't know what she's going to be like at flyweight. And, and in, in the case of Marina, it's not as big of a deal. But, I mean, she got that big win over uh, uh, Amanda Rebus uh, last time out. And uh, that's a lucky punch. She has to do something other than a lucky punch for me to believe in her other than that i mean i don't buy it you know well, she did she, she was doing nothing at that point, and i'm still i still don't buy her let her do it again the, the main thing
1: the main thing about marina isn't that she's a great fighter a great athlete the main thing in all her fights as she's shown is she has enough size and athleticism that she has enough a width of skill not a depth of skill and because she has a width of skill Positions where you might finish someone else in, she can survive. Positions where you might overwhelm somebody and they have no chance to land anything, she can survive because she has a nice balance of skills. Now, if you can finish exchanges outside of a, a sn- her snatching a submission really quick or her landing a big shot, you can essentially dominate her. But she's good enough to last long enough to, to, to potentially land a fight-ending shot or get a fight-ending submission. Against Michelle Watterson, the problem is Michelle Watterson is going to be at a tremendous size and physicality disadvantage. And when she's usually faced that against fighters, she's, the, the time she's won is because those fighters have a strategical or technical hole in their game. Angela Hill can't grapple, can't wrestle. Uh, Courtney Casey, you take her down. Instead of getting back up and forcing exchanges on the feet, she'll just allow you to, to stay in top position. When she fought Paige Van Zandt, who was another better athlete. Uh, Paige instead of putting a pace on her and clinching up decided she was going to fight at range um, against Marina I don't know that Michelle had there's a big enough where Michelle can dominate it Michelle's not a big enough and strong enough athlete to just take her down and control her I don't know that she's a good enough wrestler to control her I'm not sure that she's a good enough submission grappler to finish her and even though she's a probably a cleaner striker better at range I don't know that she can build enough momentum to really put anything on Marina that's going to hurt her Marina is not a great fighter at all, but like I said, you have to, she can fight you in every range and she can fight you competently. Michelle Watterson usually takes advantage of people's limitations in their skill set. I don't know if it's big enough, her skill set isn't narrow enough. It might not be deep enough, but at least it's wide enough where she can challenge Michelle in every range. And Michelle doesn't have the benefit of power to push her through a fight. So it, it seems like an uphill battle for Michelle. Outside of the experience advantage, it seems like an uphill battle. And I don't know that Michelle will have her speed or her cardio with the extra weight on her.
0: Pretty much got it there too. And I see uh, it's going to be a five round fight, eh? Despite the uh, so I I see them, I see them hanging their tongues by the end of the third round. Yeah,
1: Yeah, um, I, I would think so. Like, like I said, I just I don't think Michelle Watson take. She's gritty and she's a smart fighter, so she can hang in there. But when she's facing somebody who's got a little bit of pop. To me, she doesn't take punishment very well. If she can extend the fight, maybe Marina will be tired and make a mistake. But but if Marina can really impose her will on her early, like really put something on her, I don't think that Michelle Waterson can stand up to it. I really don't. I, she's not. She's a tough fighter mentally, physically. I, I just, especially after some of the beatings she's taken and some of the fights she's had. I, I don't know that she's at a point she can take a
0: lot of abuse at this stage of her she, career. But she is capable of surprising us. Yeah, yeah, she is. And also Marina, in my opinion, she's not a great fighter. So, I don't know. I like that the, she, she should be favored because of the size advantage. But other than that, uh, I don't think she's a better fighter than Michelle. All right, let's go on to the other one. Amanda Rebus is returning, and she's going to be fighting Angela Hill at Strawway. And I guess the main thing here is... It's not so much that Amanda lost, it's how she reacts afterwards. Okay. So she said in an interview that what she did when she got home is she cried and cried and cried. And you know who helped her? Her mother. <laughs> Thank God for mom. So, I mean, she's so close to her family because, I mean, she's trained with her dad since she was a little girl. Right. And so, uh, and he's in a corner all the time. So uh, the family, I think the fact that her mother snapped her out of it and got her back in the gym after a couple of days, I think is a big deal. Okay. I wouldn't normally say that, but I will in this case. Okay. So what's she going to be like after losing? That's the thing I want to know. Juan. Hello. Hello. Yeah.
1: Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. Yeah, I I would like to see how she reacts. Um, luckily, she's going against Angela Hill, who who can be a bit of a punishing fighter. But against fighters who grapple, Angela won't open up because she's so helpful to be finished. She gets a little bit more technical, a little bit more defensive. So it shouldn't be too much concern of being knocked out. I personally would like to see this balance herself a little bit more between the aggression and, and a more disciplined, a controlled a, a controlled aggression, because she's been such a better athlete, better skilled fighter as far as not just the depth of skill, but her width of skill against opponents. She's been able to be pretty carefree and imposing her will and throwing volume. Even though Marina didn't really land the cleanest shot or the best shot or the w- most well set up shot, when you put, when you're that aggressive, you're going to get hit with big shots in between. So now maybe this loss is going to ha- little bit more disciplined in how she sets up and enters her positions so that she doesn't get caught as often. And um, yeah. I, I don't think Hill's a danger to finish her, but I think this is a good fight to see if she's moving in the right direction strategically and technically.
0: That's exactly what I want to see here. I mean, People talk about, oh, the loss was devastating and all that sort of thing. And, and it is for a few, like she said herself, the loss was devastating for a couple of days. But you know, I, I, she credits her mother snapping her out of it. How about that? No, I mean it makes sense. I mean her mom's been around it. So her mom
1: really understands it. Even though her mom may not be a fighter, she's married to a fighter, her daughter's a fighter, she's been around it so she understands she understands her daughter's goal and she understands what she needs to do to get back on track. So I think that's good that her mom did. And it, it's good when you have that support all around. Like I said before, my main thing is to see if they make the necessary adjustments because the usc wants well, to fast track her. And if they're gonna fast track her, she needs to start making these adjustments sooner yeah. than later
0: I wanted to mention that we know of so many instances in the fight business where the family does not approve of the fighter of, of or they're the, abusing her
1: was that was didn't a girl in UC say she her family was like taking advantage of her or something that she uh I forgot
0: that, her was, name. She's like a, that was that was that was ham so he and that wasn't her family that was uh people who were helping her in Japan Hanson uh Kay Hanson
1: have some kind of drama and that's and she had to move away from them to separate herself from them I don't remember that
0: okay it's possible Sorry. but I don't know but but we have so many instances where the family does, does not approve of uh, whoever is fighting and it's great to see uh, you know that kind of family support and, and I mean she could still be an elite fighter I mean my opinion is she could still be a king Okay. Yeah.
1: She, she has that kind of talent. She has a talent. She has a skill. It's it just tweaks. And while this wasn't while some people say lucky punch upset, I don't care what the fact is. It was something that's hopefully going to bring her back to reality. Understand that she had a better line because when she faces those elite girls, that margin for error is very small. And, yeah, and she, right. she won't right. have, she won't have the freedom to just have her way in a fight anymore. That's not going to happen getting hit back. So let's make those adjustments now. So two or three fights later, we're on track. Because the UFC is going to throw her right in with the line. They're going to keep fast-tracking her. So she doesn't have a choice but to get better.
0: Okay, so that show is on Saturday uh, on um, ESPN Plus and TSN. Okay, one other thing I wanted to uh, get to here, and that's that um, Amanda Nunez did a, an interview with um, Mookie Alexander of uh, Bloody Elbow uh, last couple of days. And, um, we were talking, she was talking about the uh, featherweight division. And so apparently Dana White wants to end the featherweight division. That's what she said, right? But she's decided to let it keep going as long as she has the belt. So let me ask you this question about this. When did Amanda Nunez become a narcissist? Um,
1: I don't know that she is, but I would assume this has been something that's been inside her the whole time. It's just nobody's noticed because the U- UC hasn't promoted her. And now she's kind of getting out more on her own and speaking out more. So now you're getting to
0: see more of who she is. I guess. Listen, I'm mean, that's, that's, that's uh, not getting. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know what, Schwan, I've covered her career since before she came to the U.S., and I even interviewed. Sorry about that folks. It cut off on me. We're just, we're done anyway. So I just wanted to mention, uh, if you want to check out any of my videos, frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments for either of my, either my blog or either my podcast, you can do so at, uh, anchors, uh, voicemail. And if you want to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.